0: We're gonna talk about the Bible today, I think. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of scripture here. I am really excited because I'm talking about my my main man. I love this guy. His name is Joseph. Um, he was the youngest. He was a spoiled brat. Resonate with that. Um, I'm the youngest of nine, and I come from you guys. I come from a line of babies. My grandpa was the youngest of eleven. Then my mom was the youngest of three, and then I'm the youngest of nine. So like, I am like a baby like the baby of the babies that's why I'm very spoiled um, I am the, that's a good one I I, queen rat, yeah. I mean how many guys are the youngest in here see we know we immediately raise our hands we ain't embarrassed you ask first time if you asked you're the oldest they're like well, I don't know if I should you know the youngest were like that's me right here <laughs> look at me the youngest that Joseph had a coat of many colors I think he liked attention right you know, God God chose who got to be the youngest. The oldest ones, you guys are there to, to wrangle us in. We know that. We know you're watching to make sure that, you know, we don't just run amok. Who, who's the oldest in here? Got, <laughs> right? You guys make sure. Yeah. So you still. See? <laughs> See you? Nobody's fighting because, you know, everyone's got to keep the peace because you're the oldest. You've got to take care of all these little crazy youngest ones. Um, you have a girl that's the youngest? It's all out the window. Um, so, yeah, I don't know where we're going, but, you know, it's good. Well, let's just pray, because I think God's going to do something today. Do you guys think God's going to do something? Does he do something every day? Yeah, he does. So he He never comes back void. So, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, are a good God. We thank you that you provide for us. We thank you that you give us the ability to provide for others. We thank you, Lord, that you have invited us into your kingdom you know, to spread your word, your truth, the truth, you know, to all corners of the earth. So we just thank you, Lord. And as we hear this word, Lord, we just thank you that we receive it and it, and it, and it, it grows and builds in us and we are able to use it and go out and, and speak it to the next person, the next situation, the next um, area that you call us to. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm trying to pray, and the Lord's talking to me. So, I'm like, well, it's my turn. It's like, it's always my turn. (laughs) Isn't he so good? It's so good. Do you guys know what prayer is? Prayer is just talking to God like we're talking like this. Sometimes, when we pray, it's our turn. When we're listening, when we're reading his word, and it's going into us, and we're hearing that, that's his turn. He should get a lot more turns. (laughs) Because he has all the wisdom. So, Do you guys know that God is never late in hearing our cries? When we're like, God, why didn't this happen? Why did you let this happen? Why don't I have this? Why do I have this? You know, he's never late about hearing our cries, our pleas, our petitions. So when we pray and we're like, well, why didn't this happen? Why hasn't this happened yet? God didn't say, he he still hears us, even if we think he doesn't. I'm going to tell you a thing about I'm going to tell a story about Layla. Um, I wasn't planning this, but God said, use this. So when we think that nobody's listening, we're talking. So when I was pregnant for Lana, it was just not a good time in my life. I was sick every day. I didn't have a car. I'm stuck in the house with this two-year-old. She's great, but she's two, okay? When you don't feel good, a two-year-old is like a T-Rex in your house. I ended up with new carpet that year, new couches. Um, but anyways so i was really sick and i was just mad i had to get my shoes on do you know how hard it is for a sick pregnant woman to get her shoes on by herself it's hard so i'm in there and i'm i have a ride coming to pick me up to take me to the doctor and cuz i'm thinking well no one can hear me i'm just mumbling under my breath and i'm i'm yelling at her at first i'm like put your shoes on and she's not listening to me, la, 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 and I think she doesn't hear me, so I yell louder because she's all the way at the other side of the house, and I'm, I'm yelling, put your shoes on, we have to go, our ride's go, put your shoes on, you know. And finally, I'm just, I'm crying because when you feel sick, and you have a two-year-old, it's just, so I'm in the opposite end of the house, and I am just like, and I just am crying, I bow my head basically, and I say a bad word, I say, put your day, I just, in my head, I'm crying, put your dang shoes on, but I said a different word, okay? Because I was just, let's be real, sometimes it happens, right? And I thought it was, I hear all the way from the other end of the house, putting my dang shoes on! (laughs) And I thought, Lord, I need to be careful what I say, because you know what, not only is God, God is always listening too. And if all we're offering up is complaints, What are we receiving? And that was just a funny story. I mean, I don't think that, you know, I just think that was a funny story. But I was just talking about how we think that nobody's listening, that God's not listening. He's listening to us. He's watching. He's seeing. So I'm going to talk about Joseph. If you want to be in your word, if you have it on your phone, I'm going to be in Genesis. It's going to start in 37. I'm going to go all over the place. So just get to Genesis. I'll be um, in a bunch of different chapters there. So we're going to talk about it. So Joseph... He came from Jacob, which was called Israel. God loved Jacob. Um, Jacob, back in the day, had more than one wife <laughs> because God had basically women were property. And so he had these wives, and he had his two wives he really liked. See, he really wanted, he really wanted Rachel then Rachel's dad tricked him and made him marry Leah, which is her sister first because the oldest sister had to be married first. Then he married, then he worked, and then he's like, "Okay, you can have Rachel too." So he got these two sisters, he loved them, but then, you know, as you come on, he has these other wives. Well, he has a lot of kids. But Joseph, guess what he was? He was why was his where did he come in the line? He was the baby, guys. He was the youngest. See, I was setting it up. You thought I was just joking around about being the youngest. No, I'm talking about Joseph. So in Joseph, you could probably guess whose child he was. Do you guys know? Rachel's. Okay, you have the favorite and the favorite. So you have all these kids. You have all these kids, and his dad's like, you know what? I like you the most. His dad was kind of, you know, he hadn't really learned, like, love and logic or, like, gentle parenting or any of these things yet. (laughs) You know, because Jesus hadn't come, right? They they were still living in that fallen world. So this is before Jesus comes. So if you're not understanding, like, how can we have all this? This is before Jesus came on the earth. So um, Joseph, he was 17 years old, thinks that he's, like, you know, when you're 17, you think that you're cool even if you're not. Um, He did know the Lord. His dad taught him, you know, to hear from God. So in Genesis 37, it says, Joseph, he was 17 years old. He was out shepherding the flock with his brothers, the boys that were the sons of his father's secondary wives. So they already are like, why are you here? And Joseph brought back a bad report to them, to his father. Okay, youngers, we always know, what do we do? We tattle. Okay, if you have more than one sibling, don't tattle. There's more. I had four brothers, okay? I had to learn to move faster than them if I was going to tattle. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> now, Jacob loved Joseph more than all of his children. <laughs> I can't read them. <laughs> Because he was the son of his old age. So he was basically the youngest. You know, you kind of calm down. When you first have your kids, you try and do everything perfect. You're trying to get him to listen. By the time the last one comes, you're like, I do not care what you do. I don't care what you eat for breakfast. It don't matter. You know, as long as you have all your arms and legs attached, it's fine. So <clears throat> I think maybe that's why, because he just had, maybe, maybe he had calmed down a little bit. But it said that um, he had him in his old age, and he made him the distinctive multicolor tunic. His brothers saw that his father loved Joseph more than all of them. So they hated him and could not find it within themselves to speak to him on friendly terms. Okay, so they, were, they didn't like Joseph. Now Joseph dreamed a dream. So here's where we see God speaks to him. Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brothers. There's his mistake. And they hated him even more because he said to them, Please listen to the details of this dream. Hmm. Which I have had, which I have dreamed. We, all the brothers, we were binding sheaves of grain and stalks in the field. And lo, my sheaf suddenly got up, stood upright, and remained standing. And behold, your sheaves stood all around mine and bowed down in respect to me. Here's from the Lord, but He didn't got a lot going on up there. You had at least four, at least four of your brothers that were bigger than you and older than you, and you're going to say this to them. And dad ain't around. Okay. And so then he went and told it to his father as well as to his brothers. But his father rebuked him and said to him in disbelief, what is the meaning of this, of the dream you have dreamed? Shall I, shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow down to the ground in respect before you? So now dad's kind of like mad at him. Joseph's brothers were envious and jealous of him, but his father kept the words of Joseph in mind, wondering about their meaning. So the dad had a little more wisdom on him, right? And he's like, okay, I've taught him to hear from the Lord. I've taught him to hear from God. You know, I don't like this dream that he had, but I'm going to think about it. Just because you're younger doesn't mean that you don't have wisdom. I want you guys to encourage that because sometimes we think well I haven't I don't know the word very well I haven't been you know in the kingdom very long I haven't you know I don't know very much of the Bible and in God's right here it doesn't matter if you're young or old he can use you so then of course he goes out and he finds his brothers in the field and when he saw them from a distance, and when they saw him from a distance it says even before he came close to them they plotted to kill him okay that's some that's some anger they said to one another look here comes the dreamer now then come and let us kill him and throw him in one of the pits underground then we will say to our father a wild animal has killed and devoured him and we will see what shall become of his dreams they didn't realize his dreams came from the lord and they thought they could stop his dreams by stopping him luckily he had a brother reuben now reuben came from leah okay and he was the oldest. This is why I'm talking about the oldest, okay? So Reuben's like, okay, let's do this. And in his mind, was it Reuben's like, I'm going to come back and get him, take care of this. I don't want mom and dad to be mad. I got to fix everything. So Reuben, the eldest, heard this and he rescued him from the hands and said, um, maybe let's not take his life. Reuben said to them, let's, let's not shed his blood, <laughs> okay, guys? But instead, let's just throw him alive in the pit, in the wilderness, and let's not lay a hand on him. So Reuben's like, Mm, Guys, we're going a little too far. Um, Where are we at? And so he said this so that he could come and rescue him later. Do you guys know we never hear about Reuben? We all think all the brothers are bad when you hear that story, right? How many of you guys, that's the first time you really heard about Reuben actually coming to his rescue and seeing him as the eldest son of all this? Look at that. Isn't that amazing? But we always talk about the pit and all of that but he came to his rescue, but the problem was is before he got back, um, his, they took him and sold him and said, hey, hey, these guys, you know, they're, they're taking slaves. Let's sell them and get some money and just put some blood on the coat and tell dad that he died by an animal. So this is what happened, and they threw him in the pit, and now the pit's empty, and and Joseph is on his way to be a slave. So when Joseph was in the pit, It may have looked like God failed him and his word wasn't true, right? If God told you you're going to be in charge of everything and now you're in a pit, does it look like that's going to happen, right? You're thinking, who's coming for me? I said it to all my brothers. They're mad at me. Nobody knows I'm here. Like, how's this going to work out? So move to Genesis 39, it says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the royal guard, bought him from the Amishalites, who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and see right there, even in that, he was in the pit, they wanted to kill him and he now is a slave, and it says, But the Lord is with Joseph. And he, even though a slave, became successful and a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his master saw the Lord was with him, and the Lord caused all that he did to prosper or succeed in his hands. So Joseph pleased Potiphar and found favor in his sight, and he served him and his personal servants. He made Joseph overseer of his house and he put all that he owned in Joseph's charge. It happened from that time that he made Joseph overseer in his house and put him in charge all that he owned and the Lord blessed the Egyptian house because of Joseph. So the Lord's blessing was on everything that Potiphar owned in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left all that he owned in Joseph's charge and with Joseph there he did not need to pay attention to anything except the food he ate. He really talked about, God put in there, he put Joseph in charge. He put Joseph in charge. How many of you guys would be like, well, that's probably what God was saying, right? Like, he's not really going to rule over all his brothers and all this. Like, he's just going to be, you know, r- you know, managing a household, you know, a kingdom, a palace, right? How many of you guys would be like, I mean, that's a good enough job for me. Like, I find favor, you know, I live in the palace. I don't have to do this hard manual labor. Um, that must have been what God was saying in my dream. Well, things were kind of looking up for him. Maybe God did speak to him. Maybe God still had that destiny for him. Seemed pretty good. Now, things were looking up, but then Potiphar kind of had a wife. She, she looked at Joseph, and she's like, mm, Boy, you looking good. She's like, You a hottie. Okay? So she's like, Hey, you should sleep with me. And he's like, uh, no, I am not dishonorable like to my master. I'm not going to do this. And, of course, like, she gets mad because she's all butthurt because she's like, you don't like me? And so he runs away, and she lies about him and is like, oh, he attacked me. And so then you know what happens to Joseph? He gets thrown into prison for doing the right thing. For doing the right thing. Why would God allow that? Do you guys ever wonder that? Like, God, he did everything. He followed you. You know what? He did the right thing, and now he is in prison. Joseph, you know, in the palace, he still was forced into slavery. He had to support another's kingdom. And now he's in the prison. He's forgotten. He has no rights. This looks really bad for him. Like, I would not want to be Joseph. Like, I'm thinking... I did everything right, like I'm hearing from God, you know, I'm serving in my dad's house and my brothers, they're terrible, and now I finally get here and and the favor of God is still on me, and now I'm in the prison. So it looked like, like why are you allowing wickedness to rule and reign? Didn't it look like that? Didn't it look like God was allowing wickedness, her lies, her deceit to rule and reign? But God wasn't done. We just couldn't see his plan. God was not done. He's like, the story is not over. When it looks like death is upon us in the pit, Joseph still prayed for the palace, okay? Maybe it wasn't what God had originally wanted for him, but you know what? In the pit, you've got to pray for the palace. God, there's got to be a way. There's got to be another way. This can't be the end. When we're wrongly accused, we've got to hold fast to the truth. Don't just side with evil because it would be easier. It would have been super easy for him to be like, "Okay, I'll do whatever you want. You know, I want to keep my status here. You know, I want to live in the palace. I guess I'll just give up all my morals and do this." Would that have been easy? That would have been easy. But you know, what he had to hold true to say, "I'm not going I'm not siding with evil. I don't care if I'm the only one standing. I'm not doing it." When it looked when in bondage, when it looks like your hands are tied, we gotta hold fast to hope. It didn't look like he had any way out. You know, that God has a way back from the darkest places. Do you guys know that? That God has a way back from the darkest places. So if you think, you know what, my life right now is so messed up, or how does this you know, what am I gonna do now? There's no way back. I've I've burned every bridge, or I'm so far in debt, or I'm so sick, or or whatever it is, or I've done too many bad things, God's there is no way God says that there's always a way back from the darkest places that's right come on you know when our hearts are sad when our hearts are broken and grieving God's is too I don't think God is like I want you to go to the pit and I want you to go to the prison and I want I don't think God wanted that for Joseph but God's like I'm not going to control mankind you know, so when we're in the pit, sometimes, you guys, sometimes we're in a pit, aren't we? And we look around and we're thinking, this is really high. I cannot get out of here. I do not see a way out, you know. And the people who who, who are over me, they they have an evil heart, an evil mind, and they want bad to happen to me. You guys ever been in there that people want bad things for you? Yeah. You're in this pit or you're just so far down. Or maybe you're in the palace, you're like, I'm working for somebody else, you know. And, and maybe they're not honest or, or, or things like that and you're, and you're in this or, or you're in the prison and you feel like I'm locked up, I'm in bondage, I can't get out, I can't get out of this addiction, I can't get out of this situation. But even in that, when he was in the pit, when he was in the palace, when he was in the prison, God didn't say, oh, that's it, well, we're done, you know, it didn't go the way I wanted, you know, you were supposed to do this and, well, we got to start over. He didn't do that. God said, I sent you. I sent you, Joseph. I'm pretty sure Joseph is in the prison. Like, are you sure? You, you Me? Like, I, I went, I fell real far. But God sent you. He said, and, and I'm talking not just to Joseph, but to us. God sent us. God sent each one of us in here. He sent you. He said, don't be, don't be a voice that conforms to culture. That's the palace. Right? Sometimes we get comfortable in the palace, and we start conforming to the culture. When we're supposed to create culture... We conform and and we say things or we agree with things or we become silent in things that we should be like, "Mm mm-mm, I I don't live in that culture. I don't submit to that culture. I don't accept that culture. I submit to the culture and kingdom of God. That's it. See, that's what God's saying. I sent Joseph. He refused to submit to the culture of, you know, his brothers ragging on him and mistreating each other and having a hierarchy. And he still went to them and told them his dream. And, you know, in the palace, he had everything. I mean, that's a pretty good position. But he said, I'm not going to submit to this culture. I'm not going to live like the Egyptians were living. Even in the prison, do you guys know in the prison, he became, he, they put him in charge of all the other prisoners. He was the head prisoner. Worst things happen to you. You know what, you know, you know what you're doing. We see God's hand on you. Just take care of all the rest of them. Make sure, you know, they get at least some food. I don't know, whatever. You take care of it. We don't want to deal with them. But see, we got to make sure our voice doesn't conform to culture. Don't get comfortable in the palace because you're like, well, I like the things I have. I like people liking me. Guess what? They don't like you. They, they just smile at you because you're agreeing with them. Joseph spoke when he, when he was wearing that coat and things were good But he also spoke from the prison when it looked impossible. If I was in the prison, I'd probably be like, ooh, just crying, right? Because I'm thinking, that's it, I'm done, I'm never going to make it here. So I'm going to read to you guys in Genesis 40. Now sometime later, so he's in the prison, he's in charge of the prison. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their lord. They were thrown into prison. And... He put them in confinement in the house of the captain of the guards, where Joseph was, in the same prison Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard put Joseph in charge of them and served them, and they continued to be in custody for some time. Then the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, both dreamed dreams. So they had these dreams. The cupbearer goes and said, hey, you know, I had this dream. And Joseph's like, hey, I can interpret that to you because I actually serve the Lord, and he speaks to me, and I can help you out because the Lord is the interpreter of all dreams. And the cupbearer's like, all right, this is good. So he tells him the dream, and Joseph's like, that's real good. God says, you're going to be restored. You're going back to the palace. Cupbearer's like, yes. The baker's like, do my dream next. <laughs> Joseph is like, "Um, so um, I see some things, and in three days you're going to die. <laughs> oh, man the baker's probably like, I wish I wouldn't have asked. So, and then as it goes on, that's what happens. The the king calls for the um, cupbearer and the baker, and the cupbearer, the king's like, you know what, what you did, not a big deal, you're restored, you're still my cupbearer. Baker, three days later, uh, you ain't baking no more. So, and Joseph said, hey guys, but when you go back to the palace, could you at least just remember me? Just tell the king that I'm here, you know, <clears throat> unjustly. Just remember me. The cupbearer's like, oh, yeah, I remember you. You saved my life. You did So good. We're good. Do you know what he didn't do? He didn't remember him. Oh. So he's like, so he says, only think of me when it goes well with you, and please show me kindness by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out, get me out of this house. So that's what he asked for. The fact that he still interpreted dreams in the prison showed that Joseph still listened to God and God still spoke to him. And the Lord, he, he didn't give up hope on what God was saying. He didn't give up hope. So God said in a dream, you're going to rule nations. And I'm pretty sure a lot of us would have felt like maybe we missed it or just, you know, accepted there's just too much evil in the world. It's just too bad, you know, or felt hopeless, but not Joseph. He's like, hey, this is my, you remember me. Well, and then we know he didn't remember him and, and for like two years. So I, I want to encourage you guys. So when the world chooses darkness and evil, they're going to. They're going to. People, we're inherently selfish. Without having the living Christ in us, without accepting Jesus, we are inherently selfish. You ever taken care of a baby? They whine and scream over everything. They are selfish. They don't care if you're sick. They don't care if you're tired. They want to be fed. They want to be changed. They want to be held. And they don't care how you feel. Right? All the moms are like, hey, man, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I needed some sleep, and that baby just was like, nope, 2 a.m. It's time to rock and roll. Okay? So we have, guess what? Their selfishness. But even in all of that, even if everybody is choosing things that are contrary to the word of God. Even if everybody is choosing evil, even if they're trying to put a, uh, a film over it and make it look like it's something good, it doesn't matter. As long as it, you choose God, you will be in the majority. As long as you don't, don't think about this woke mob, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you choose God, you are in the majority. Yeah. Remember that. If you remember anything, if you choose God, you are in the majority. It doesn't matter. Even in, if you go to school, and everybody in school is against you, but you with God, you are in the majority. You go to work, and everybody there is choosing to sin, is choosing to live contrary according to God's word. You are still in the majority. That's good. That yes. I can never lose majority. Yes. Do you guys understand? You could never lose majority if you're with the Lord. So don't, don't go woke thinking, well, if I don't conform to this, they're going to come for me. They're going to they're they're make me lose my job. they're coming for me. Guess what? They're coming for you anyways. Because you know what? Light and darkness cannot be in the same place. It doesn't matter. You cannot pacify the enemy. We are to walk boldly into the throne. So don't think like, I'm just going to get away. No one's going to notice. God notices. The enemy notices, too. He's like, all I have to do is say one bad thing about them, and they'll just go hide under a rock. This is easy. Uh-uh. Ain't no rocks around me. So, because the darkness, it hates the light. You ever seen darkness and light in the same area? You can't. Because when light comes in, darkness is gone. So, in... In Matthew 5:14, it says, You are the light of Christ to the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light up a lamp and put it under a basket, but a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your lines shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and more excellence and recognize and honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Don't put your light under a basket because evil is complaining that it hurts their eyes or feelings. That's what they do. They make you think you're bad because you're letting the, the freedom, the light of Christ shine. Keep on shining. Keep on shining. Don't agree to keep the peace. We are not peacekeepers. Jesus is the prince of peace. We don't lie. We don't agree with the enemy. We don't sin so that it can keep peace. That never brings peace that's not a peace. That's allowing the kingdom of darkness to advance. Do you know when you're like, well, I'm just going to submit because it makes it easier. I want people to like me. You got enough people to like you. God likes you. You're good. That's it. If that's the only, the only person that likes you is God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you got three. It's Trinity. But people do like you. That's just the enemy telling you that they don't. So if anyone right here that feels like people don't like them, that's a lie. But what if Joseph had agreed to sleep with Potiphar's wife? What if he said, well, I might as well. Maybe I won't be a slave anymore. Maybe people will like me. Maybe my life could be a lot easier. What would have happened? Nations would have starved. Nations would have been destroyed if he made that one choice. Nations. Guess what? Some of us are faced with submitting and siding with darkness because where we work, everyone talks a certain way or acts a certain way or believes a certain way, and we feel like if we say something, they're going to be against us or attack us or whatever. Or, you know... Those of you guys that are still in high school or middle school, those are hard years because we like we want people to like us. Guess what? The people you want to like you are not the people you want to like you. <laughs> Tell you, there's the answer right there. You know, siding with fear and darkness because of lies and fear you won't be liked or accepted or things will be hard. Guess what? Things like we should not kill babies. We just shouldn't. Right? We should not. We need to actually talk about that. We need to not be afraid and be like, oh, oh, my body, my choice, all of that stuff. No, 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 no. We should not kill people. Anybody. And if some of you say, "Who oh, are you for the death sentence? No, I'm not, because I don't think we should kill people. We are not God. We don't choose people's number of days. But you know how many people submit to that or don't say anything? And that's just one. That's just one thing. You know, we should not allow violence towards women. We should not be accepting lies. We shouldn't take one evil deed and try to fix it with another, should we? Take one lie, take another lie, cover it up. One evil deed is never going to make goodness come out of it. Covering it with another evil thing is not going to make goodness come out of it. But we need to actually speak those things and not, you know what? We actually need to walk in that like Joseph and say, I don't care. I don't care if my life ends, I'm not going to say that, or do these evil things. I'm not going to submit just because they've wrapped it in a beautiful package. Not going to do it. That's where we have to come in our lives. We don't need everyone to like us. We need God to be in agreement with us, which means we need to be in agreement with him. It's getting real, isn't it? Getting a little uncomfortable because it's like, well, can't believe you said that. Well, you know what God said. If you don't like it, take it up with him because I'm in his majority. <laughs> but you know, we need to start doing that in every area of our life. And you can do that with kindness. God will give you wisdom on how to do it. Don't go hating on people. I'm not saying hate on people. I'm saying use the wisdom of the Lord. But don't think that we can take an evil deed and, and go ahead and stand with it and be like, Oh, God, why, hasn't, why haven't you blessed me? God's like, I'm not over there. I'm in the light. God, why don't you hear me? I don't submit to the kingdom of darkness, that's why. I hear you, I just don't do that stuff. <laughs> oh. There will never be peace freedom when we agree with what the enemy is doing. There won't. So we've got to shine in the sunny times, shine in the midnight hours. Yeah. When it's overcast, you feel forced, like, oh, my gosh, you know, this atmosphere. Everything's just terrible around here. I have to, you know, everyone around me is just sinning nonstop. And what do I do? You don't sin. <laughs> right? Well, everyone's doing it, so I should just do it, you know, because I'm, I stick out like a sore thumb. You know, I used when I was a teenager, not a drinker, never have been, and my friends all wanted to drink. And you know what? I thought they I got made fun of and things like that, but I would take but you know what happened? When they got in trouble, you know who came and picked them up? But you know what, and then I would have, there were people, I would be taking all these people that are drunk and stuff like that. I would bring them back to the house, and then I would make a meal for them. I would just love them, but no matter how many times they asked or how many times they would offer, I I was like, no, I just don't do that. And then I would talk to them about Jesus. Do you see how you don't have to be angry at them? You don't have to be like, you shouldn't be doing that. Instead, I'm like, I'll just go along with you, and I'll just clean you up. And guess what? Now you're to my mercy, and you, could, you don't have a way to get anywhere. So now we're going to listen about Jesus. We're going to be in the atmosphere of Jesus. Guess who you're going to meet today? Jesus. I did almost push a guy out of a car, but I led him to the Lord later. You guys want to hear that story? Okay. New Year's Eve, get a call. My friend has a car. She's terrible. She never, she got her license, but she never owned a car. She's a terrible driver. So, of course, I say, well, why don't you drive? You know, because she's like 4'11". She can't really take care of herself if somebody is, like, she's little, okay? So, we're driving, and we get a call. He got thrown, this one of our friends, older, got thrown out of the bar. Drunk, can't move. So, we have this car. We have like 10 people in this car, guys. (laughs) We don't have seatbelts. So, he is, Probably six four, six five. So she's like, just let him sit on your lap in the front seat. So we drag him in there and so he's sitting there. He tried to he tried to grab me. So I just opened the door when we came to the stop sign and rolled him out. <laughs> After then we got him, I dragged him to the back seat, took him, got him some food, got him sobered up. Let, talk to him about Jesus. It worked out. So it doesn't mean that I'm going to let things happen. I'm not going to allow that. I'm not going to allow your bad behavior. You're going to have some scrapes and bruises. You're going to feel it tomorrow when you think that sin is okay. See, do you see the differences? I didn't be like, oh, that's it. You know what I mean? I knew that he just hurting person, and I'm like, okay, what do I do? You know? God's hand was really on me because I, I – I, I went to some messed up places, like going up the stairs, my friend, she was not doing very well, and I go up, and these big guys are like, you can't take her. I'm like, you going to stop me? And they just looked at me, and I thought, Lord, I'm just going to step to him. You got to be with me because I got to act like I got this. I just remember going up, picking her up, putting her over my shoulder. I'm like, we're leaving because they had plans for her, and I was like, oh, no, God has plans for her. That's happened to me a lot, and I think that other people, when they are – they must see the angels behind me because I'm not that big of a person but numerous times God's like just stand right up to him so that my head is like this I remember I did that with Layla on my hip one time these two uh they were probably 300 plus pound got big guys and they were they did not want to listen they were being rebellious and I just remember had the baby on my hip and I just walked up and I'm like we don't act like that here if you're gonna act like that you can leave this was at church they, they sat down, and I thought, Lord, I'm thankful for angels. You better be behind me. Yes. Because we had all these like, guys that were working in the youth, and they're like, I'm not talking to them. I'm like, well, someone's got to tell them. They can't. We cannot be doing this here. I'm not going to tell you what they are doing. But I'm thinking, nobody's saying anything. I'm like, well, I'm going to say something. I'm like, if I die, I die. <laughs> there are times, right? There are times like that that I have to say, Lord, I hope you're the majority because we have to stand at times. Yes, was that scary? I worked in a kid's prison. It was kind of scary when I had to work with the boys, because all of them, they're like 15, but they're like six foot tall. You know, they're in there for some things, guys. (laughs) But the Lord, you know, even in that, when you speak to the Lord, he listens. He still had a destiny for me, and you know, I said, Lord, show me one mama's boy. That's all I need. Show him the mama's boy, gave him some candy bars, and he's like, nobody messes with Miss Richards. I was like, that's great wisdom, Lord. You know? So (laughs) then I could, I was like, all I needed was one, one. You know, and then the thing is, I said, what we do, because I worked at night, I was like, before we go to bed, we listen to the word of God. So then while they're all sleeping, I just read the word of God over them. Do you see what God can do even in places you think, well, we can't have God there. This is, you know, he's not welcome there. God is welcome everywhere. He created everything. Do not tell me God is not welcome there. God will make a way. If you are willing to say, Lord, how do I do this? God will open a door. And with that, they said, all you got to do is have one kid ask. One kid has to ask about the Bible. I'm like, all right, Lord, bring me the kid. So, one kid asked about it. I'm like, all right, everything's fair game. I actually took kids out of there, got kids signed out, baptized them, brought them different things. It was awesome. So, I was there for a year, and, it, and, the, and God just did amazing things, had favor. You know, I never got hit, punched. One time, someone pulled my hair, and they said, that, that kid got. Don't be, I'm in the majority with God. That means every kid now is in the majority with me, and it just didn't turn out so good for that kid. That's the only problem I had. I don't have that much hair either. I'm like, why you got to tack my hair? (laughs) But do you see how in those moments that even when it looks dark, even when it looks scary, you know what I mean? God's like, I'm here. Keep your light shining. Don't be like, you know, because I remember when they were really mad at me, one of them goes, one of the kids like, um, they said the F word, F you and your ugly baby. And I just burst out laughing because I was like, you haven't seen my baby. She's so pretty. <laughs> you know, and I just thought about that. Then we cast out some demons. It was all right. Worked out, you know. You know, what? every time in the end, God came through and these, these kids, they were just hurting. And God came through, and they got to hear, they got to see the power of the Lord. That's why it came to the point, it's like nobody messes with Miss Richards because she walks with God, and it is scary. You know, but I also blessed the kids. I would bring them treats and snacks because they were still kids. And God's like, be a good steward of where I put you. Because first I said no to this job three times, and God almost put us into poverty because I was like, I'm not working there. And God's like, yes, you are. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm going to take this job. And God's like, no, you're not. And I said, yes, I am. And I go there, and God's like, told you you're not. And I was like, finally, after the third time, and our rent was three months behind, and I was like, fine. I go in there, and they're like, I don't know why, but we want to pay you a dollar more than everybody. I was like, okay. This is cool. We want to give you the hours that you want. What? Like, God's hand. Do you see when we, when we say yes to God? When we say, God, I'm going to stick with you, it may not happen in the moment we want, but God always comes through. I don't know where I am in this, but okay, Lord, where are we at? So basically keep releasing light in the dark places. If you're like, everything's just so sad and hard around me, guess what? Jesus went through it. All the people that we hear in the Bible, none of them just had this just cloud life that they were walking on, did they? So keep releasing the light in the dark places, the dark times, you know. Or you're never going to have those Joseph moments. You're never going to have, you know, those Esther moments or David moments or Abraham. You know, if we submit, we'll never give birth to the promises and destinies that God placed before us. You know, hoping for that Hannah moment, like God, you know, burst something new in me. I want God. I want you to use me. I want good things to happen. We're not going to have those moments if we don't look to the Lord and say, "I am with you, no matter what." No matter who is against me. Nothing is more important than your relationship with the Lord. Not your job, not even your family. Do you guys know that? Not your family. If you don't got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, you're not going to do much for your family. I don't know, I feel it. Am I being too harsh with you guys? What? You can deal with some more? Okay, because I'm, I'm feeling like I'm being hard. And the Lord's like... Because some... I do have a thing where sometimes I say things and I don't realize that my voice is hard. So, you know, if it is, I love you, Jesus loves you, God loves you, he wants us to turn good into your life. That way you all feel good about yourself. You all feel good? Okay. You are amazing. There you go. (laughs) You guys are amazing, though. God's like, but they really are. I'm like, I know, we're having this conversation up here. I wish you guys could, like hear the conversations. Sometimes it's just hilarious. But don't you guys have those conversations with God when you start spending time with him? He's talking to you all the time. He's not just waiting until you're sitting in front of your Bible and talking to you. He's talking to you all the time. He's talking to you when you're doing good things. He's talking to you when you're doing not so good things. He's like, well, you missed that one. Let's try again. We got to be prepared to never say evil is good and good is evil. You guys know that? We have to be prepared. No matter if everyone's saying, no, that's good. Don't do the emperor's new clothes. Don't walk naked everywhere. Right? You guys have heard that story. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, like only the good people can see that, so we're all going to pretend that we can see it. No, no, no. If you haven't read that story, it's a funny story. I would hope I would be, and it was a little kid that was like, uh, y'all understand that he's naked up there? Y'all are crazy. And then they're like, oh my gosh, we're crazy. We all think about that. But we can't trade good for evil and evil for good. We can't trade the truth for lies. The Lord says people are deceived because they actively trade the truth for a lie. Well, I don't like what you said, God. So I'm just going to say that, you know what? I've had people say, well, there is no hell. Well, is that because you want to live like hell? And you don't like that there is a hell? Because there is. I'm not going to lie to people and say there's not, and then they end up there. Don't you guys ever think about that? Like, if we're just sitting there, we are sending people to hell because we aren't telling them about Jesus. That Jesus came, he died on the cross for every single person. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, I want you. I want you in my life. You know, I give my life to you. Start showing me how I need to live according to your word, and He does. He gives you the Word. He gives you, you know, impression. He gives you the Holy Spirit. You know, He gives you each other. That's why church is so important because we have each other. You know, sometimes we can't see our dumb. You ever do that? And you need someone to say, "You're dumb showing." right my kids do that like before I came up here oh that's that's why you the Lord is really speaking to me about my shirt today and I was like where are you going to add that in he's like you'll let I'll let you know so before I came up here the Lord's like look at your shirt because you have a problem with buttons because I sometimes walk around places with my buttons undone I don't even realize it public places and it's a laugh for everybody except my children um so sometimes we just gotta listen and be like, okay, that's my dumb. Like, someone else has to be like, oh my gosh, mom, your shirt's unbuttoned. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's why everyone was so nice to me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and went to Meyer one time, and I didn't know that. And then I was like, why is everyone smiling at me? Like, they're so happy with me. Yeah, because your shirt's all open like this, walking around. <laughs> So then I was worried right now. I'm thinking, I forgot, Jack, that one more time. So you, you guys were smiling at me, so then I thought, maybe something really is. <laughs> is it crooked? Because I do that, too. Is it right? Oh, Linda. oh okay. Linda. <laughs> we were talking about the word of God. I don't know what happened here. Um, oh, yeah, don't, don't, don't trade evil for good. Don't trade lies just because everyone emperors new clothes. We got all this. We got here. Found that rabble trail. We got back. Don't trade lies. Don't trade the truth for the lie. You know, even if you're in the pit, even if you're in the prison. Those are places that we want just, to just lie a little bit. Just, you know, I want my comfort back. I want people to like me. We kind of want people to like us. It doesn't feel good when you have people hating you, right? I don't like it when people hate me. I mean, people do hate me, but I don't like it. But then I just, you know what I do instead? I just go find the people who like me. (laughs) And I spend more time with them. Then I'm like, I'm pretty amazing. And God's like, yeah, you are just like all my children. And I'm like, but I'm the youngest. And he's like, there's a lot of youngest. (laughs) Y'all are the youngest. There's Jesus, the firstborn, and then all the rest of us. It's like one, and then we're all number two. (laughs) So you all know the feeling. You know, God works all things out for the good of those who love him. How, how many of you guys have heard that? God works out good for all, of all things for the, how do you, someone else say it. What's happening Am my, God will work out good. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Get up here and preach, Amy, because I can't do it today. I just told you we need the body, don't we? So we have to say, do I, do I love him? Do you guys love the Lord? He's good to you all the time. Then what is he gonna do? Listen to Amy. What is he gonna do? He's gonna work all things out for the good of those who love him. You guys love him, so guess what? You're gonna get everything is gonna be worked out for the good. Because you love him. That's all he said. He said, All you gotta do is love me, and I'm gonna work all things out for the good of those who love me. Yeah. It's his timing. We get mad about that. We're, I want it now, you know? I want the world. I want the whole world. What's that from? Try the chocolate factory. Want to lock it all up in my pocket? Five bars of chocolate. Give it to me now. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty hilarious, but the Lord told me I have to preach the word. I already told. You. Hey, hey! The Lord says cease. <laughs> oh, the Lord encourages me. the lord told linda she could come today see i got i i'm trying to think who is he like in the bible oh my gosh i'm going really long i'm so sorry okay you guys are okay though right so it's not just the good times the bad times but it's not just the good times god works out for us it's also the bad times he works off us how much more light do we need in the dark places guys we need a lot more light when the dark places. So, So at the end of the two years, you know, finally the cupbearer's like, oh, yeah, like now the, the king's had a dream and I should go and tell them, you know, two years ago I was supposed to tell you about this guy sorry. And so he goes and he tells them and Pharaoh, Pharaoh's like, oh my gosh, you're the most amazing. Like, how did you know this? Like, how did you prepare this for me? He's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put you over everything and you are only going to be second to me in the kingdom. So the king and then Joseph. He went from the prison to saying, you have rule over everything. You're going to govern everything. And only when it concerns the king do you have to bow. So basically he God brought him from, he didn't even stop back at the palace, did he? He didn't listen to culture. He didn't even go there. He went right from the prison to being, you know, in charge and ruling and reigning over nations. And his brothers and his dad, guess what? A famine came. And guess who they had to ask for help? Joseph. I mean, but you know, even in that, Joseph, his heart... Was towards God, and instead of gloating, be like, "Ha ha ha! Look who's come to see me, and must bow to get their food." No, he went back, and he wept. His wept. His heart was hurting to see, you know, for his brothers, and he took care of them, and it was restored, and everything that God had in the dream when he was 17 years old. Years later, God restored it because Joseph said, "No matter what, I'm staying with the Lord. I'm staying with the majority." God restored and blessed. It's not just his family, but the whole nations. Joseph stayed in alignment with God's word and promises, and look what happened. Do you see, if you stay in alignment with God's words and promises, what happens? You know, don't, don't just grieve in the dark times. We carry the light of Christ. So we got to keep being the voice. we got to keep releasing hope. we got to keep saying what God is saying. Do you guys understand that? Keep saying what God is saying, because then we are in the majority. Let's pray.